This podcast is not meant to be informative or educational and has the potential to be completely irrelevant. This is Property Jam. Welcome to this episode of Property Jam, the podcast where we talk about everything on the human side of property. Can I just say I'm a little bit excited about this next guest? Or why it's taken so long to get this man on our bloody podcast? Because not only is he a tradesperson come entrepreneur, but I think he also holds the title for Property Jam's biggest fan. So uh, without further ado, let me pass you over to Etan Bardil. Say hello. Hello. Hi, everyone. Hi, Joe. Hi, Matt. Hi, Nile. Thanks for yeah, having I, me. I was first. I was first. Not first. you guys. <laughs> Lovely to be here. <laughs> so tell us about you. Like, who are you? What do you do? Because you do lots of things. I do lots of things. Like you, I wear lots of hats. And um, so I am originally a gas engineer and plumber. Uh, I started my own business in 2016 working for for landlords essentially via letting agents just doing sort of business to business plumbing and heating and then in 2019 I built the first ever video maintenance service uh, which is a service that connects tenants to tradespeople over video uh, to help solve maintenance issues and to automate maintenance and the idea being that the traditional model of maintenance is outdated and I was out to kind of improve things and mix things up and really just piss loads of people off as well um, because I like to mix it up Uh, (laughs) and yeah and since then I've kind of sort of ditched my day job and now I spend my whole life speaking to agents and speaking to landlords and trying to push this kind of vision of of this like trade revolution out there and and get people to to switch out the way they've been doing things. Wow. Oh, sounds like an awesome, yeah, I, I like to disrupt things. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, so how, how have you found it? What's your biggest hurdle generally when you're you know, getting people to on board? Um, it's, it's really just sort of an education piece because um, so we, we kind of flip the traditional model on its head. So usually a tenant would call up and report an issue to their landlord or to their property manager. They would then try and get a contractor to attend and, and sort of, you know, have a look at the problem. Uh, and there's a lot, and you know, then the contractor would provide a quote and charge a call out charge and round and round and round we go. And eventually uh, the problem would get fixed. And what we've done is we've made it a self-serve uh, situation for the tenant and um, and essentially the, the landlord or the property manager is just sort of a bystander and and to do that we've had to we've had to educate a lot of letting agents and we've had to to do a lot of kind of education pieces and explain why this is better and why uh, people shouldn't be afraid of it um, and and you know that's what I spend my life doing I spend my life talking to people and doing demos uh, and I do get a lot of resistance um, and I have had a lot of resistance and now maybe a year and a half later um, I'm starting to break through and, and, and see a difference in, in, in the rented sector. Yes. Okay. It's is, a is it just a, I was going to say, oh. is it just the plumbing side of things that you do? No, no, so it's everything. So um, electrical, appliances, drainage, alarms. We've got 35 engineers that just uh, essentially sit around and triage issues over video with tenants um, and then if they need to dispatch someone, they'll dispatch someone. And if they don't, then they get the tenant to fix it themselves under supervision. So all of those kind of call outs that you might've been paying for like pressure top ups and, you know, say if an alarm's been going off and the tenant thinks there's a, there's a 
carbon monoxide problem where really it's just out of date or it needs some batteries. We solve those issues without actually having to send a, a tradesperson to the property. Uh, the idea is we we save money for landlords, basically. That's the sold. Sold. <laughs> Do you find it has, has the most resistance been from the landlords, from the agents, or from the tenants that have to take the phone calls and try and do deal with it? So the tenants love it. Um, they they absolutely love it because firstly they get connected to someone with about within about thirty seconds. So usually they've been waiting around for someone to call them and you know someone to turn up whereas this way they can get connected with someone really quickly so they love it and when they fix an issue themselves they feel like a superhero like you know they're empowered they're like I fixed my boiler I'm amazing and you know and um, when they don't explode no I'm just joking. no one by the way nothing has exploded no one, no one has, has died no one has exploded yet um I, I tend to, to not find much resistance from landlords either because essentially they can see the logic straight away. They're like, okay, this is going to save me money. If I don't have to send someone out to a property, it's going to save money on maintenance and it's going to improve service to my tenant um, and happy tenant, rent gets paid, happy landlord. I found um, more resistance from agents, which, but agents are our, our primary customer um, because obviously agents have lots of landlords who have lots of tenants so therefore it's, it's, it's a really easy route for us um, but once they do move over to help me fix and they start using it very quickly all of that falls away and and, and the data speaks for itself so so we've been able to make some massive change there and um, yeah but you know in a perfect world um, we'd be able to offer the service to absolutely everyone kind of you know private landlords agents homeowners whoever wanted to use it but at the moment it's the agent is, is primarily our customer we need to talk. Yeah. <laughs> we can talk. I'm here. I'm ready. This is the crap because this is the crap that you, you, as landlords, you just don't want to have to deal with. And also, it's probably the biggest time waste for letting agents as well. It's having to be that that middle person, you know, who's just constantly having to vet calls and then assign somebody to come out and visit the property and schedule it. And oh god, it's just. But this is, you know, I, I always use the kitchen tap example right this is the real the one that pisses everyone off so much all right so you've got a dripping kitchen tap now the the tenant calls up the letting agent and says look i've got a dripping kitchen tap they say okay and they instruct a contractor to go and look at the kitchen tap the contractor gets there they spent an hour getting there in traffic 20 minutes trying to find parking they log their tools up the stairs they walk into the property they go yeah that needs a new kitchen tap and then they leave and they send and then they send you a bill for 84 quid and say, here's a quote for 180 quid. You need a new kitchen tap. Now, all of that could have been done within about three minutes over video, as long as the tenant could get to the right person who knew what they were looking at. Um, not to mention all of the driving around, you know, carbon footprint, all of that wastage that could just be saved. Um, and, and as a lot more people are kind of very conscious about these issues. They're conscious about, you know, their carbon footprint. They're conscious about, you know, improving service to tenants. Now is when things like video are, are starting to, to play a part. And yeah, we just we just just get rid of a lot of wastage and, and crap that's in the maintenance process. You know, I think I think the uh, the pandemic's probably been quite a good um, uh, thing to happen for your business because it's opened people's eyes to the fact that things can be done via video, can be solved that yeah. way. I, I mean, I've been asked many many times if, if I'd been to China in the last two years and I have told everyone that I had nothing to do with it and I was just happened to be there at the time <laughs> honestly it's got nothing to do with me but yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah no it um 
yeah, the, the video model has been proved. Uh, everyone's doing stuff over video. I mean, we are on video right now. Yeah. I do all of my demos over video as I hardly ever complete Hermit. And, you know, it has it has opened a lot of people's eyes to, to what can be done remotely. Um, a few people tried this model before. So we are not the first. Uh, HomeServe tried it. Um, a company called Plum Doctor Live tried it. But no one was ready. Whereas now everybody's ready and everyone can see the value and everyone's trying to get rid of, you know, you know, diesel guzzling vans and they're trying to save money. So now is the right time for us. Definitely. Yeah, it's really opportune, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I remember when um, we, so uh, Etan was doing like a, I I guess it was a promotional thing to help me fix, wasn't it? Where we, he, you were interviewing people from the trade, you were, you know, interviewing estate agents, letting, letting agents and also landlords. And I was one of the landlords to feature on it. And it was, it was just its inception, really, before it's really grown. So I just wanted to ask you about how, how has it grown since then? Like, obviously, you're in a, you've been able to step back from your, um, your other um, job commitments. So like, how's it going? Uh, it's going really, really well. Yeah. So, um, so it was a real struggle at the beginning. And we, we were kind of proving the concept. And the, the, the interviews that I did uh, were essentially to find out if there was actually a problem that I needed to solve. It mm-hmm. wasn't even like I wasn't even promoting at that point, because the product was so, so young, it was such in its infancy. And what I was trying to find out was, is there really a problem in, in with this, this system, with this property management system, with maintenance, or am I trying to solve something that doesn't exist? Mm. And if I'm trying to solve something that doesn't exist, then there's no point sinking a quarter of a million pound and two and a half years of my life into it. I should just go back to plumbing. Um, and so I traveled the country interviewing people and you were one of those people. I love property jam. Um, and I felt, I thought you were, you know, brilliant person to speak to so that's why I kind of got you in a room and asked you some questions I spoke to Nick Watchorn who's the, the yeah the founder of the LMPG mm-hmm. um I spoke to a load of people that are doing like rent to rent stuff um just to sort of get, get that angle uh, and I took all of that information on board and I thought right let's let's stick it into the service let's see what we can improve and yeah so in the last year we've onboarded 23,000 tenancies um We've developed the software, so we've got like a fully branded call environments. We've got like post-call workflows. So, for instance, the, when the engineer types something into the job report, it can request quotes or dispatch a contractor. We've got a national physical service where we've got um, two to four hour attendance all over the country, any contractor, any category. So we can automate everything from the reporting straight through to the to the physical fix right at the end. Mm. And now we're going to be. Uh, integrated into Fixflow, who are like this massive um, repairs and maintenance reporting platform, and we're going into social housing. So yeah, it's been a been a good couple of years. Um, so you're doing all right then. It's going all right. It's all right. Yeah, it's not too bad. <laughs> mate, yeah. I'm so pleased. I'm so pleased because I just remember when we were having that chat and you was interviewing me. I was thinking, uh, this is a freaking no brainer. Like this just makes so much sense especially because we we did the interview what was it September or October 2020 2020 yeah so it was it was a good sort of year and a half ago and yeah and and it was pre it was pre-market then it really was kind of still in development it was very basic so it was like a mobile app you had to download an app the tenant had to remember your username and password oh my god it just fell flat on his face completely um so we had to rebuild it all now it all works on links and there's no username and passwords and it's really easy for a tenant they just they just go to the website, put their email address in and then their phone pings and they click a link and they're connected. So right. yeah, we, we've come a long way. And, and the idea is that obviously 
we just want to get this service out to as many people as possible um, for obvious reasons, but also, you know, to, to improve, improve processes and to improve service to tenants and, and to stop uh, having landlords worrying about being ripped off, which was the whole thing, right? Everyone feels like they're being ripped off. Yeah. So landlord feels like he's being ripped off by, by the contractor, by the letting agent. Letting agent thinks that the contractor's ripping them off because they're charging them 84 quid to go and look at a tap. And all of that kind of, I wouldn't say anger, it's a bit strong, but, but all of that frustration, you know, that, that pain point, that's what we're trying to get rid of. Yeah. So well, for an interesting question. So how many jobs are fixed on the initial call so how what percentage of jobs needs need a physical attendance so we can temporarily or permanently fix the issue 60 percent of the time so we tend to we tend to see 50 percent across maintenance bills so that that are reduced and the reason is that and especially out of hours because out of hours is when it really really comes into play we can reduce out of hours physical dispatches to the four percent um of their of their previous because even if let's say it's 11 o'clock at night and someone's got no heating and no hot water and it's a Saturday, there's nothing that can be done on a Sunday because there's no parts that can be, that are available. So if it needs parts, half of the job is actually calming the tenant down, explaining to them that it's in hand, the report has gone off to someone, that it will be fixed um, and that someone will, will get back to them on Monday. And just having that face-to-face service with, with someone that knows what they're talking about and is sympathetic to your problem, that goes a long way and they don't get that usually what they usually get is an out of hour service which says to them you know either either axel will attend and just like turn your water off and leave or you know nothing's going to happen until monday yeah. yeah and then they're back in the letting agent trying to like what where, where, what's going on what's the latest you know and the letting agent gets pissed off so. letting agent gets stressed out and and you know by what we're doing we're freeing up a third of that time that's being spent chasing after contractors. So, you know, your letting agent, your property manager can spend more time focusing on your tenant, you know, managing your properties, doing the work that counts rather than having an angry tenant screaming on them down the phone and chasing a contractor that can't get there till next Wednesday because they're so busy. Yeah, as I said at the very beginning, sold. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's such an easy sell, isn't it? From our side I think think you've just um, uh, solved Niall's sleeping problems. (laughs) You really have, yeah, because it's as as you've been explaining it and um, describing it to us. I'm like, why why would anyone resist this? What is what is there to resist? It seems like it just seems like a no brainer. We've had, as I mentioned to you on the email earlier today, Ethan, we have had um, quite a lot of maintenance issues uh, over the past few months with one particular property that just never ending, um, and finding tradespeople, finding reliable people that can do what they say they're going to do um, or attend when they say they're going to attend um, or actually resolve the problem um, in the first place has, is proven to be quite difficult in some instances. So to have this, uh, this option um, where the housemates can get an instant response, an instant access to someone um, that is not me at 12 o'clock on a Sunday night because uh, the gas boilers lost pressure or whatever it is, um, just I can't see why anyone would resist that. And, that, and that's yeah, that's that's what it is for, basically, is to stop your phone ringing at night. And it's, it's to, you know, and especially with HMOs where you've got 
you know, you've got, yeah, you might, it depends on your churn really, but you might have quite a few move-ins and you might have, you know, there's, there's potentially a, a bit more maintenance wise than there would usually be because obviously there's a lot more going on in, in, in an HMO. It's perfect mm. for situations like that. The only, you know, and, and, and we've just crossed another barrier where we used to charge per call. So it was like a pay as you go service, which essentially, yes, it was really cheap. I mean, we were talking like 22 pound to 30 pound a call rather than an 84 pound call out, but there was still that kind of unpredictability and, and, you know, because we didn't have enough data at the time to do anything else, but now we've just launched like a low monthly subscription. So mm. essentially it's a subscription per unit. There's no unexpected costs. Everything's included and you can just budget for it and your tenants have access to it. They can use it as many times as they like. All calls are included. And that way we're, we're kind of seeing all of the barriers are now falling away, falling away and, and people are using it more freely. Yeah. Oh, so um, <clears throat> what does the human side of property mean to you? Um, having your arm down a tenant's toilet at 10 o'clock at night, trying to fish a kid's toy out of the back of the power connector. That's about Because you're lucky it's only a toy. That's about <laughs> you didn't say what kind of toy, to be fair. <laughs> I, I, I've always said to, yeah, exactly that. I've always said, and I said to Joe, there's nothing more human than property. There is nothing more because you've got, those relationships, like, like we were talking about earlier, you've got the relationship between landlord and tenant, landlord and agent, agent and tenant, and then and then the contractor thrown into the mix. It's the most human thing there is. And, and especially, I, I mean, you must follow like the, the groups, like the HMO property group and things like that on Facebook. And you see there's there's so much emotion thrown into it, you know, especially with when like, you know, there's problems with rent and, you know, or, or you know, tenant can't pay the rent or there's there's repeated problems with the property. There's so much emotion in there and it is a bit of a pressure cooker. And I don't I can't see a more human, uh, more human sector than property. Yeah, it, it's, it's it's that intersection of humanity, isn't it? With like all those different people from different professions, different perspectives and worldviews just coming together in like an industry. That's exactly. Just, yeah. I mean, I mean, just asking for trouble, aren't you really? Yeah. You know, you think <laughs> You've got to have a really thick skin to get into this kind of game, I would say, even, yeah. even from, from our side, but definitely from your side as landlords. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, oh, I love it. But you know what I like about your little sister, your little system, just belittle it. No, it's just, <laughs> sorry. You're, you're, Knocked it off on a napkin. <laughs> you're amazing. You're amazing technology that is just going to make you brilliant. <laughs> that was what I meant to say. Um, yeah, it's like the, um, this was something we talked about when we met was this safety element of it as well. So that had a COVID friendly aspect to it as because it was kind of diagnosis over camera. But also it was like, you know, the, the identification, um, you know, almost like being able to qualify somebody before they enter your property through video. You know, there's if you're a vulnerable tenant, a single mum, you know, and it's late at night and something's gone wrong and you do have to send somebody out. You can pre-qualify them via video so that, you know, the person who's coming to your rescue is the person who's turned up at your door. And there's something very reassuring about that. We do have the ability for uh, landlords and agents to use their own contractors for the video triage. So yes, that is something that 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 we can do. Mm. Um, so so usually, I mean, our our tradespeople are like really well trained in this. And like I said, we tend to hire semi-retired tradespeople, so they've got lots of experience. Okay. The the idea being that 
um, fr from my point of view, as, as a tradesperson, like I'm 41 and my body is like knackered. My knees are knackered. My back goes, I put oh, my sock babe. on, my back goes like that and I'm on the floor for three days. So oh, because, because you're throwing boilers on the wall, you're under sinks, your body just can't take it. So do you need a call out. Do you need to actually do a call out yourself for a bit of maintenance? Because it sounds like you do. No, I'm not, I don't get involved anymore. I'm, I'm, I've forgotten how to do it. But, um, but, but to be fair, so, so these guys, these and these ladies these these you know retired and semi-retired tradespeople tend to get thrown on the scrap heap they just tend to get forgotten about once they get to sort of 55 body gives out and that's it what do you do then you you go and become an estimator or if that's not no good for you that's the end of it it's your retirement so we tend to to uh, employ semi-retired retired trades so that we can give them a way to keep earning from their knowledge and keep adding value and these, they love it. Like they love giving knowledge to tenants. They love handholding tenants and walking them through an issue, you know, and, and it, it's really like amazing to watch how, how, you know, some of the calls, obviously we have to record the calls just in case something blows up. But, um, but when we actually do spot check the recordings, uh, it, it's amazing, you know, the, the tenants they, and, and the tradespeople, they really connect. Um, before, before the person gets connected, they see the name and the face of the tradesperson they're going to be connected to. Great. And, and the same on the other side. So, so they've already got this kind of feeling. And then, you know, if they do have to go to the property and they say, well, look, I'm going to be there, you know, give me an hour or whatever, I'll come and get it sorted out. Like you say, there's already that familiarity there. A lot of the barriers have come down and the tenant feels safe. That's great. It's really, really Amazing. good. Yeah, it's really, really good. So am I signing you all up then? Yeah. Oh, honestly, look, you know, as, as, as you're talking, I'm sitting there thinking, Ooh. I need to introduce you to Harry. So Harry is my letting agent. You might have heard the episode with him. I have. Um, yeah. Um, funnily enough, that was one of my most downloaded episodes to date because I think it was just, you know, what goes on behind HMO doors with students, et cetera. But I was thinking about the student market in particular. They're quite vulnerable as a market because, you know, they're young and they're reckless. And, you know, so when something goes wrong, it always feels like it's a bigger problem than it probably is. And so mm -hmm. having this technology empowers them to kind of calm down and, and perhaps manage it themselves. So that I just think that would be quite useful. So, um, yeah, I could I could I could introduce you. Yeah, that'd be must great. Have, that'd be fantastic. It must have been quite like um it's well, I think it's quite impressive for a start what you've done and taking that leap of faith from being on the tools uh, to to going straight in and setting this up. So how how what was that transition like have you always had an entrepreneurial streak um or was it just a fuck it let's see what happens? It was, it was a fuck it. It was a right. It was a like, a, so this, this is exactly how it happened. So I was in, um, so I was trained by my, by my father and he was trained by a guy called Pete and Pete was in, is now in his like, I think his early seventies, late sixties, early seventies. And I was at Pete's one day and Pete said to me, do you know what would be great? He said, if, if there was a premium rate number that someone could call and I could tell them how to get the water off in an emergency. And I said, now that's a really good idea. So it was so, but nowadays you wouldn't do that. Isn't, you wouldn't call a premium rate number. So I thought, right, you know, I'm, the, the plumbing business is doing pretty well. I'll throw a bit of cash at it um, and see what happens. And so I threw a bit of cash at it and it didn't work at all. The, the first iteration of Help Me Fix, you chose your own tradesperson. So you'd like, you scroll through the pictures until you got someone that you liked and then you try and call them. And Tinder. nobody, you know, like, yeah, it was like Tinder. Swipe left, swipe right. Like. Yeah, it, was like, it was like toilet Tinder. You were just like, <laughs> um, and, uh, and the tenant pressed the button and nobody picked up the phone. 
So, uh, and, and that kept happening because tradespeople are really busy and they don't pick up their phones. So, um, so we built this kind of like Uber style push thing where like a tenant clicks it and it picks engineers at random that are available and it sends them pushes and then it starts pushing other ones until someone picks up and, and takes it. And when it got to that stage, I thought, yeah, do you know what? This is, this is all right. I think this is going to be all right. Um, and, and that's when I kind of made that, started to make that transition and then covid happened and my wife turned around to me and she said this is your only chance to mm. get this off the ground because i had to furlough my entire staff because obviously we were going into people's houses my my staff members were putting themselves at risk they didn't want to like go to work and so i just furloughed everyone i thought right business is fucked i'm gonna lose everything so who cares i might as well just sit back and Netflix. And then my wife said to me, this is your only chance to do this. So I spent six months kind of hammering it away. Um, you know, speaking to people, you know, I was, I was just hitting everyone on LinkedIn. Yeah. Please speak to me, speak to me, speak yeah. to me like a, like a, like a yappy dog. And eventually I kind of spoke to enough people that, that people started to listen. Uh, and then, yeah, the, the, the last 12 months have just been growing it and then just stepping away from my other business. I got someone else to run it and just focusing on this full time you know, getting all the uniform and the hoodies and the hats done and doing all the promotional mm -hmm. videos and stuff. And yeah, yeah, that's that, That's it really. That's what we've been doing. Yeah, it's brilliant. Oh, I'm so pleased with you. I really am. I just, you know, when you can see something should work because the idea of just, it just is a win-win for everybody. Like no one loses in this situation. And it's just, it's the appetite, it's the uptake, it's the faith. It's all those things that you need to get something like this off the ground. So I'm, I'm thrilled it has. It's wicked. Thanks, Joe. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, have you have you come prepared with a, a question for us? I have. Right here is should my question. Be, should we be worried? <laughs> he just took a big deep sigh. <laughs> yeah. What is the most disgusting maintenance issue you have had to deal with as a landlord? <laughs> Fire away. <laughs> Answers on a postcard. <laughs> oh my god! I mean, this is an X-rated show, so let's have it. Let's have it as it is. Oh, God. Um, okay. Well, two spring to mind. Um, well, it, and again, student market is rank, isn't it? So, um, <laughs> so many things. I think I've mentioned this before. So there's two. One of them's not mine, but I claim it because it's my favourite story ever, which was the wanking <laughs> story where yeah, they yeah, fire <laughs> semen at the wall. I mean, come on. I thought that was the one we were going to get. I just wanted to hear it again. <laughs> <laughs> If you're going to ejaculate at a wall multiple times and build up a layer and then try oh. and cover it with gloss, right? Fucking wood gloss. Like, you just imagine coming in to solve that problem as a trader. You'd just be like, um, it's so vile. It's so vile. <laughs> Everything's caked. And there was that. And then there was my, uh, I ended up having to repaint a wall because, um, I had a, a tenant who had a habit of um, putting shaving foam on his pubes and shaving his pubes. And then he would just wipe them over one walk and he just, oh, yeah. yeah. And it was vile. Yeah, gross. And he just had this collection of like shaved pubes just and shaving foam. I actually saw them. I caught the live show, which was great when I did like a random inspection. I, I think I was up there for a, a refinance or something. And uh, yeah, walked in in bedroom five oh. and I was like, is that? Yeah, it was. Oh, <laughs> that's really gross. Why? Why would you do that? What's the boys, point? boys, boys are gross. Like you lot, I don't understand you as a species when it comes to this. Like oh. house, house full of all boys was just feral. I, 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 I honestly, this one in particular, with this particular cohort of tenants that went through, I was like, 
every room it was either like you went in there was like a jock strap and then there was like one there was one with like crazy stains or you pull back the covers and there was just you know one there was one with um he had a, a vat of condoms so we were deciding whether he was super lucky or super unlucky because there were still loads in there like it was just bizarre it was so weird so weird i i have seen i mean i i, I don't disagree with you however you have to trust me on this, that I have seen just as gross stuff from the fairer side of the sex as well. There's been yeah. some horrific things that I've walked into as, as a plumber. Um, so, yeah, I'll just leave that there. I won't I won't kind of go into those <laughs> things. It's really gross. <laughs> Niall, what's been your worst one? It wasn't actually as a landlord. It was when I was working in the pub, which I guess I was kind of a pub landlord, I guess, if you like. <laughs> uh, when I was working in the pub, um, I used to set the pub up, start like six o'clock, half six in the morning. And I had to deal with a blocked toilet. And it was my, the actual, the, my boss that showed me how to deal, deal with it at the time. So you have to put on a very big rubber glove and then followed by two bin bags covering your arms. And then you have to stick your hand in the toilet and clear the blockage. Oh, yeah, that's a nice one. That's really, really good. Oh, Matt, yep. you... <laughs> I honestly, nothing is springing to mind um, in terms of like, disgusting maintenance. Oh, oh, yes, no, there is one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so what one of our houses that we've got, got uh, five at HMO um, was done by, um, let's call him a, a rather special plumber. Um, he will remain nameless. Um, who did who did three of our HMOs in, in Warrington and then uh, because of him, the contractor got the sack. But essentially, um, yeah, there's this smell starting to come from uh, the downstairs uh, bedrooms, and one one in particular. And um, we we're just tr- trying to work out where on earth it was coming from. And um, <clears throat> yeah, sent out the, the plumber. The plumber lifts the floorboards and, and finds that the the yeah the saw pipe had come away from the uh, the, the toilet. Oh. So um, oh. all of the everything was just going into the the void underneath the. Um, underneath the floorboards which essentially was it was dirt um it wasn't concrete or anything like that but it was soil uh yeah it was it, yeah and we don't know how long that had been going for but it, it yeah it drops oh. um so yeah they had to dig, <laughs> dig it all out and put down lime and um re, redo it and um they did i think they did the other one as well while they were there just to make sure do you want to hear um do you want to hear my grossest one? Yes, I mean, like, yes, I mean, like okay, so I'm not going to name where this was, um, but we we used to do work for a sort of drug rehabilitation centre. So it was like the, the when they first were off to get well and they were like in a really bad way. Um, and then we had an exploding macerator where feces was just pouring through the ceiling into the lounge. Um, and then so that was bad and obviously there was it was running down the walls and everything so my team turned up to try and figure out what was going on and they realized that there was a blockage and it had caused the macerator to explode and when they went up in the loft to to find the blockage there was just a row of used tampons stuffed into the copper pipe so they cut the pipe to try and essentially get all of the the stuff out but the more they heated up the pipe to, to essentially put new fittings on it molten feces was just 
coming melting and coming out of the pipe onto the floor oh. and I couldn't solder it because it was so thick with shit on the inside of the copper pipe that was my worst one I was there as well I filmed it <laughs> oh my god it was oh horrific it was horrific and it happened like more than once <laughs> <It's not just laughs> like, this is like a regular thing um to, to the point where we just we just can't go anymore we just can't go okay so the rule of this story is um macerators suck they terrify me never have macerators never they're the worst thing ever honestly and and the thing is they're so common in hmos as well yes. the only way to get a waste pipe out uh, but the it's, it's definitely not worth worth the risk i would say to the plumber just gross they're noisy they 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 break down all the time they apparently they explode i didn't know they did that that's like oh my god yeah it's always really dramatic when they do because it's well you can imagine yeah it's it's, it's the, horrible and i've seen many explode when they get blocked and they can't pump out the, the lid just goes pew, off the top and all of the poo just comes over the sides and finds its way through the floor so yeah it's, oh, not, it's pressure, not great the pressure has to give up give out somewhere right it's got, it's got to get, it's got to get out somewhere that's right <laughs> oh my god oh my goodness it, but it's, yeah people put random things down the toilets it's just there's always you know, sanitary towels and baby wipes and stuff. It's just like, why? So why? I always, there's this, so you know how a pearl is formed, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's how a block soil pipe is formed. So what usually happens is that you get like a very small piece of like building aggregates, like stuck in the soil, mm-hmm. like halfway down where builders chuck their waste down, down the toilet and it kind of sets. And then what happens is people start using wipes and they chuck them down the toilet and it wraps around that little bit of ag- aggregate and gradually, gradually increases until you get like this poo pearl. Um, which will get bigger and bigger, and then that's where your blockage usually is. So. You made little it fun sound fact. Nice. Lovely. <laughs> little fun drainage fact there for you. That's so interesting. <laughs> that happens on a massive scale in in the London series as well. They have these massive um, fat globules in on, in the sewers. You know about these? No, <laughs> no, no. Just Google it. Like uh, London, <laughs> London sewer fat. Fat globules. islands. I think they're, kind of like, oh. they're not calling it globules. That's the wrong word. They're like icebergs. Oh. And they think, yeah, people have to go in and, and break them up. This is what's happening underneath your feet right now in Ireland, Joe. Um, they, 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 I'm glad I'm on the eighth floor. <laughs> I'm on the ground floor. I'm fucked. <laughs> and that's and that's from everything that goes down: kitchen sinks, bathrooms, and everything. Um, and you know, fat attracts other fat and then other things get attracted to it and yeah just Wait, some imagine pictures. though can you imagine though breaking that down be like popping the best spot i would, I would oh. rather not imagine it if you don't mind oh I, I think i actually would i think if i was i mean it's not a desirable job but i can see why someone would love it the satisfaction of like ripping that apart like I mean, you've got to be pretty twisted to enjoy that like this that sounds horrible is this yeah, I'm, way, with, is, I'm with you yeah not yeah is this your grossest ever episode i just i just would like to know uh, this in advance in, in I, i'd say so i think i think it is it is up there it's definitely up there i'm sorry dripping yes. feces we've never yes. had this i mean yes, yes. that's <laughs> Disgusting. Well, I'm saying that you're reminding me of when I do you remember when I the episode where we were talking about the loft conversion that was going on above my head yeah and there was the, the the builders upstairs we were doing just that they're pouring like god knows what down the toilet and that industrial blue toilet roll clogged it all up and of course there was a block but the block was just it, it the splashback from the block was into my flat and literally I came home and it was just an inch thick of just like builders weeds and poos god, I mean it's just, <laughs> just what do you do and it's your house I mean, like, 
you're just swimming in shit and that oh. build is shit as well I mean I don't know why that makes it worse but it does oh. and just oh, oh. Anyway. yeah <laughs> <laughs> moving swiftly on and these, uh, things, that's these, awesome. these things are cool I'm just saying just google yeah they're called fatbergs yeah they are called fatbergs and um a couple of years ago or a few years ago there was um one the size of a london bus <gasps> doubling through the uh london sewer system it just shows how massive our sewer system is though like that's insane oh, but these, are, these are tiny these are these are tiny sewers london like victorian sewers yeah but it's for it to move like if it's built up to the size of a london but so i suppose it's talking about i like... think I, I think the problem was that it wasn't moving it blocked the entire the entire channel aren't, they, aren't they replacing all of those um london sewers with or upgrading them rather to more modern so. yeah that's why they're so yeah, the bus that. back can pass through, like bus size back can just traverse its way down because i think once once they've done that it'll really help how the thames looks it won't be as uh Murky and disgusting looking. Oh, fat burgy. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we're, we're moving on now. And uh, Etan, you did this. I don't know why you're getting all grossed out. You made this conversation I, I, happen. I came specifically to do this. It's not like this was an accident. This is this was my plan all along. I've achieved my goal. I'm so here for it. I'm so yeah. here for it. <laughs> so, so Niall, are you going to lead us in a game of episode roulette? I am. Oh, if I don't break my phone, that is. Yeah, could you not? Okay, so Etan, I'm sure you're quite well aware of the, how this works, but for all of our new listeners, if they're still with us after this episode, um, I'm just going to scroll through our previous episodes. You shout stop at any point, and then you can give us your opinion on that particular topic that we've stopped on. So okay. I am scrolling. And stop. Oh, okay. Uh, episode 17, Guilty Pleasures. Oh, this should be good. Oh, is, it, is it um, <laughs> popping or is it sort of like dealing with exploding macerators and dripping feces? Is it anything <laughs> around that? <laughs> So, yeah, so what do you what do you enjoy? What is your guilty pleasure in your downtime when you're not helping people? I mean, I like wine a lot. <laughs> a lot. Um, no, I like yeah. So so I love uh, I love eating and drinking. So I love my wine. Um, I suppose that's my guiltiest pleasure. I'm, I suppose I'm quite boring in, in the fact that I don't smoke anymore or do any other kind of, I don't have any other naughty habits, and I'm, I'm quite quite kind of like I'm quite healthy. But yeah. Yeah, give, give, give me a couple of glasses of wine and, and, and let me go. That's my guilty well, is, pleasure. Is there anything, let, let's say, um, you know, you, you, you kind of get, uh, you know, yeah, a big success. You know, what do you go and do to celebrate? Uh, so, <laughs> I'm not sure if I speak about this one either. So my wife and I have a have a special hotel that we go to. Um, so we, we get rid of it. I know it's, it's not as, as, as crap as it sounds. It was fun. Um, so we get rid of the kids and we go there and we party all night and have like a crazy weekend and oh. just, just the two of us. And that's how we celebrate our successes. And then we come back, realise that we've got to deal with all the responsibility of our children again and want to kill ourselves the next day. But, <laughs> It's, it's good while it lasts. Um, yeah, that's what Escape we do. from reality. Uh, we do. <laughs> and we keep it a secret as well. We don't yeah. tell anyone. So we'd like, they say, where are you going? We just don't tell them so they can't get hold of us. We don't, we don't do any status updates or anything. We just disappear. 
Oh, I love that. That's so nice, babe. I think yeah. it's really important. It's just time out. And I also see how the wine comes into that as well, but also how the wine comes into it when you get back and reality hits. Like wine yes. works in all those situations. Well, I just say, think it's it's a day a day to party and a day at the spa. I think it's, that's more like a two or three day uh, trip. Yeah. Definitely. I do my sparring every Friday. Oh, that is a guilty pleasure, actually. Every there you Friday go. morning. Here we go. So on a Friday morning. So I, I thought that, you know, I deserved the break because obviously working so hard and everything. So every Friday morning, I fly off to our local health club. I do a spa. I do jacuzzi, sauna, steam room. Um, and yeah, and, and a little bit of running. But I go with my other mates that are tradespeople. So there's like all these like geezers sitting in a hot tub congratulating each other on their successes. It's really awful to watch. Oh, <laughs> I go every Friday. And then and everyone's slapping each other on the back. Yeah, yeah. Basically, you know, masters of the universe, how amazing we are. And uh, yeah, it's really cringe. So that is another one. I do that every Friday. That's really nice. And also yeah. self-love there as well, because I think that's good for the old well-being, isn't it? Definitely. I think everyone needs to love themselves a little bit. Just a oh, little bit. Oh, can we call the title, the episode title that? That's just the, nothing everyone to do with how we fix. Like nothing at all. No, everyone deserves it. You're all special. <laughs> the human side of property, just everyone's so special. Everyone's special. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it so much. <laughs> okay, okay. I am scrolling again. I'm scrolling again. Uh, stop. Oh, okay. Episode 26. Well, maybe this is quite relevant to what you've just talked about, or maybe how you deal with it, but stress. Mm. How do you how do you deal with your stresses? Because I'm sure, like anything, starting a new business, trying to get it off the ground is stressful. So nobody told me but don't ever try and build software. It's the most stressful thing. It's even more stressful than plumbing because when you build software, apparently it's perfectly normal for everything to repeatedly break. So that's that's the thing. And being like OCD control freak, like I am, to have something broken and not, not working is horrible. Um, but what I've kind of realized, I used to have what we call in our house, kitchen floor resets, where everything gets so on top of you that you just sort of collapse in a heap on the floor and like, oh my God, what am I going to do? Um, but lately I've learned to just completely disconnect. If there's like a really, there's an issue and it's out of my control to fix, I just mentally disconnect from it um, until I can fix it. And my other big one is I run. I do road running. So three times a week, I whack on some drum and bass as loud as I can. And I just run. And I don't even like drum and bass, by the way. Um, but I like to run to it. And I run for three miles. And by the time I get back, I feel like a new man. And it's all oh. the day's gone. So, yeah, I highly recommend uh, disconnecting, running and wine as a trio. Holy trinity of stress busting. I'm there. I'm <laughs> actually I'm not there That's with perfect. running. Like running can actually go fuck itself as far as I'm concerned. That's my general view on running. But I, all the rest of it, the wine and everything else, I'm with you. Yep. You know, three miles is probably a good distance. It's good, yeah. And I mean, it's like I stop a few times, the semi-heart attack resume. But um, but yeah, you, three you, miles. You stop after after each half a mile. Wine. For your glass of wine. <laughs> yeah, wine. Wine in the shower when I get back. Right. I'm joking. I'm not, I'm not an alcoholic. In your camelback. <laughs> oh, can you imagine yeah. sucking it through a straw as you're running? That is so bad. New, new idea. That is a fantastic idea. There you go. <laughs> there There's we go. There we go. Amazing. Okay. Um, do we have time for one quick fire last just do, one? Uh, just do one quick fire. Yeah. Okay. I am now scrolling again. 
Hands up. Okay. Okay, episode 15. Is your family invested in what you're doing? Uh, yes, spiritually, mentally, and financially. Yeah. We're all investing. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I can't give any more details than that, but yes is the answer. Absolutely. Yeah. Makes your life easier, doesn't it? Well, it sounds like your wife's fully on board. You know, the fact you celebrate your wins together, you know, that's business, but celebrating through pleasure. That's wicked. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're I mean, we're, we're a unit. Uh, so, so we're a strong unit and we're a strong family. So we always support each other in everything we do. Oh, I love it. That's great. Amazing. <laughs> Well, thank you thank so you. much, Ethan, for being with us today. Um, yeah, it took you long so, enough to get on it. Yeah. <laughs> you, you. It is me. It's my fault. Yeah, fully, I'm fully owning it. Yeah. Been a pleasure. Um, thank you. We have been here. You definitely made an impression. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, good, bad, and the downright. Um, <laughs> and the gross. Really ugly. Yeah. Grossness, ugliness. But so, yeah, if someone wants to reach out to you, how can they get in touch? Uh, just just Google help me fix. It's really, really easy. And you can contact me via the contact page. Uh, just just Google. Yeah, Google fix or you can you can Google. You can Google me. If you just Google Etan Brazil, I'm the only one, I think, on the planet. So you can always get to me that way. Yeah. Fantastic. Thank you very much. So uh, brilliant. That's a goodbye from me. That's a goodbye from me. That's a goodbye from me. And it's a goodbye from me. jam with us on social media where you can hear more and see more on facebook search property jam podcast or you can follow us on instagram at property jam podcast or you can email us at property jam podcast at outlook.com see, see you, you on the next, next episode, episode.